<laughs> Alright, so my sermon tonight is called Come Back Home. And I'm going to let y'all guess like, what parable I'm teaching from real quick. So, I don't know if the older ones can participate in this. Older ones. Uh, I'm just let the youths the youth participate in this. Um, so, yeah, guess the parable. We have four parables. And there's something name I want y'all to like, guess like, which one I'm teaching from. So, uh, so I have the lampstand, the mustard seed, the prodigal son, or the wandering sheep. Mm. Send me in, send me in, and the adults came in. There you go! I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm seeing the prodigal son. And if you don't know, parables basically is a story that God would use, or Jesus would use, to basically like tell his truth through like a hypothetical story that isn't really real, but it's like it has truth in it. Um, so the prodigal son is what I'm teaching from. And I'm going to start at Luke 15 11. And just when Jesus talked to his disciples about this, um, made a story that has truth in it. So there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. I mean, his ass, horribly. <laughs> so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the son, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. That's crazy. Um, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So the first thing that said to me like when I was reading this was that he was lost in sin. And also that could be interpreted as he was lost in his own will. Um, and it's almost like, you can think of it as like we're blind, like literally when we're walking with God, we're blind. Um, that's why the Bible says like we walk by faith and not by sight because like we don't have the same ability to see things as God does. Right. So when we're walking by faith, we're holding God's hand and helping and trusting that he's going to lead us Good. wherever we need to go. Um, but also it's important to note that like when you're lost in sin, you're lost in your own will and that leads to spiritual death. And why is that? It's because God created us from himself. The same way God created trees from the earth, and we uproot them, they got the same way God created, um, created fish from the um, water, and you take the fish out of the water, it dies. The same way, in the same way, we're created from God, from His image. So when we're so we're subject to Him, which basically means that, which means that without Him, disconnected from Him, it leads to death. Right. He said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still on way off, his father came and saw him filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So I didn't really write this down, but it stood out to me that like, he, was filled with, he was filled with compassion for him, even though he had rebelled against him. And I feel like this is Jesus trying to tell us that like, in moments where we have every right to be mad at someone for like, sinning, against them, sinning against us ourselves, um, we should choose compassion to love our enemies anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And then it stood out to me that he came to his senses, and his repentance was fueled by a humble and contrite heart. Um, realizing that 
what you've done is wrong in God's eyes and has offended God is like the first step in repentance. It's realizing that I've offended God and he's convicting me of something. I need to search why is that. So God doesn't want what doesn't just want to see an emotion when you're repenting, but he wants to see that you actually understood why you've offended him. And also he wants to see a broken spirit. He doesn't want to see you trying to earn it, trying to earn his love or trying to earn his spirit. Because it's not something we can earn, it's something we can receive. Right. Um, it's powerful. Um, and also like Something I struggle with is like almost getting convicted and then being ashamed or like having emotions and feeling like I have to slow through those emotions to get uh, forgiven. But um, God, He just wants a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And He wants you to see that, He wants to see that you've actually understood where you've messed up and where you've gone wrong. And the conviction and the emotions that you feel are fine, but it should lead to repentance. It shouldn't lead to shame and guilt. Because that's not from God, it's from and ask you to repeat So, he did say, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put, them on, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, well, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet. Bring a fat calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For, his, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. So they, brought, so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fat cat because he has, because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in the story. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look at all these years I've been slain for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. So really, he could just took the calf and sell him with it. But he would be so great and be glad, because his brother of yours was dead and his alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. So something that stood out to me in this passage was... Um, of course, how the father responded, he didn't really, you know, rebuke him or anything. He just welcomed him in and just was happy that he even came back home. Because right. there's a lot of people who go out to the world and they don't come back. So it's just looking to celebrate when someone comes back and just be happy for them. Not to judge them, but let God work on them and just be happy for them. Amen. Um, but also the older, the older brother. Um, there's a lot of ways you interpret it, but the way I interpreted it was three words, gratitude, trust, and compassion. Uh, first, gratitude. I feel like it's really hard to get caught up in like wanting everything that everybody else has and um, getting caught up in like wanting the big blessings if that makes sense and not taking time to thank God for waking up and having water, having food, having clothes, having a shelter, just sleep under. Um, basically, all the things we need to work by God, not all the extra things that right. we have here in America. <laughs> um, and then trusting God um, that. He's going to bless me for my obedience and my submission to my parents and all the things I do in my church and um, in my community and not getting caught up in what other people are getting, are getting in this season, but allowing God to bless me in his own timing and not what right. I want to be blessed. And then compassion, basically I talk about the Father, just being happy for them, not allowing, allowing your own pride and ego get in the way of being happy for someone and their blessing and their testimony, being able to come back to God. And 
people be happy for them. You have to be happy for your brothers and sisters and treat them with love and compassion when they come back. Um, and then the last part, I kind of went on the tangent when I was studying um, about living from his love. Um, it's more of like talking about identity, but it goes back into the study too. Um, because this is something I'm learning too, is identity in Christ. Um, and something that just stood out while I was studying was that our identity is that we're loved by God. That's obviously all it is. It's really easy to get caught up in like thinking that it's our job, it's our money, it's our passion. These are good things that they who we are. But at the end of the day, our identity is that we're loved by God, and that's all it is. And it's not something we can earn or work for. It's something that we have to receive from Him every single day. And we have to let that permeate to every single part of our lives. So I'm like asking myself every morning, like, okay, I accept God, I receive His love, and how can this affect the way I'm like interacting with patients at work or with my coworkers or with people I see at my school um, that I'm already, now that I'm already loved, I don't have to wait for floor for anybody or have to get validation from, from anybody. Right. Um, and this is why I think a lot of people are dealing with sins because they don't know that they're already loved and that they're already validated and that they're already somebody to God wow. in his eyes. Right. Um, right. So I tied into lesson but remembering to like know this and just know like when you feel that emptiness of when you feel like you have to validate somebody or you have to feel the need to perform for someone, that God is going to face that with you. And it says in Romans 5, 3, 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So remember that God is going to face all of our problems and trials and emptiness in our heart and in every void with us. And that we shouldn't run to sin. We shouldn't run to all these different outlets to fill that void. But we should run, run into it with God. Right. Um, it's going to produce endurance. It's going to produce character. It's going to strengthen our identity in Christ when we face these things with God. Um, so yeah, I think that's all. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to come play for me?